Amen. Acts chapter 3 um, and verse 19. We're going to start there. God started to awaken me uh, in prayer, and I shared that, that last week. Uh, this was October the 10th, and I was uh, in my dream. I was sleeping upstairs in the balcony, and never had a dream like that before, but I woke up in my dream. I was still asleep, uh, but I was awake in my dream, and upstairs in the balcony, and I remember waking up thinking, where am I? And I happened to be in KT at the time, and I thought, my God, what am I doing in the balcony? I walked downstairs, and I started to feel a little scared, a little fearful, because the lights were turned on, and the doors were open, and the exit doors were open. I was thinking, my God, someone could have just stolen something. Someone could have walked in. I've been asleep. What's went on? I haven't been, you know, known what's going on, and I walked down the stairs to encounter some of the sound guys, and they said something's missing something's missing we're trying to work out what's missing but we don't know what's missing as yet and the same with the operations team and uh, then, then I quickly woke up and I took that to mean simply that God is awakening and warning us to be awakened in prayer and in the things of God and specifically took that on myself and since October the 10th something's been happening to me and you know I've been talking on with Gable while I'm wearing this uh, scarf um, but uh, this is just a, uh, an illustration you know, I believe that God is awakening us in prayer, and there's simply not a pressure with that. It's to do with our love relationship with God. So if you love God, it's easy to spend time when you love someone, isn't it? You know, husbands and wives this Wednesday, you obviously want to take your wives and your husbands out, treat them really nicely because you love them. Uh, it's Valentine's for those who didn't pay attention. Amen. And... Um, and so we want to love upon God. And so I started to seek God in the morning. And this, this last January, just been praying in the morning, generally trying to commit myself to 30, 40 minutes or an hour of prayer every morning and just trying to keep that up. And I've labeled it as the morning watch, the morning watch. And that was with my dream because in my dream, I wasn't watching. I was asleep. And a watchman is there to guard the city, guard the church against any attack and, and to warn people and to awaken people. And this is what began to happen in me. And so I've been going into various rooms in my house and just been putting this over my head. And I've just been having my personal time with God. This is kind of like my... my, my uh, now, if you have a family of three kids, you know you have, you have to hide sometimes, and so they can't find. So my hiding place is my garage, but when my kids get annoyed, they start banging on the door and banging on the door, let me in, let me in. I'm saying, I'm praying, go away. Daddy, let me in, I need a toy, or something like that. And so I've learned to try and use different methods. So I've got different ones of these, these kind of throwovers. But this is a scarf, and I just put it on my head, and I just begin to spend time loving upon the Lord, and it's not, you know... You know, as the presence of God comes, you know, tears, tears come and God starts to break up your heart and God starts to do something in your heart. And as God starts to break you up, you know, uh, the presence of God starts to manifest. Now, I'm not saying the presence of God manifests every day and I'm there on my floor and I can't move, but something started to happen in me and I'm on a journey. Amen. And uh, it's not just about the, you know, come forward, lie on the floor and get whacked with God. Praise God if you do that, you know, that might start something. But if it finishes there and ends there, then that's not revival. If something needs to happen to you in your room. Something needs to happen in your family. Something needs to happen to you at work. And it needs to continue, amen? So thus the prayer that we pray that something will happen from what RT is about to say tonight and it will spring into the week. And so I want to encourage you today to just to believe God that something refreshing is going to happen personally in your life. Now Acts 3 verse 19 will just remain there. He says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So those two words there, repent and be converted, or the other word is turning. Repent is the word metanoia, which means change of mind. 
It's the process of transformation. And so God changed in our hearts to be ready for what he is about to do. Amen. How many people want God to change you? I want God to change me. You know, even after 22, 23 uh, years of KT and maybe up to 30 years of being a believer, at age 8, I made a confession of faith at the Billy Graham crusade and something started to work in my heart, but we're not there yet. God, he wants to complete the process. And so repentance is the word change or transformation. And the word be converted, apart from giving the image of being born again, it's the word turning. And so we're turning to God at this time. That's the image. We're turning to God. We're not relying on ourselves. We, we need God. If you look at what's happening in the nation, the utter confusion with the Brexit and the things like that, uh, and people pushing and shuffling for position, uh, and even people trying to work the financial system for their own benefit, and a lot of weird stuff happening out there. When you look at those things and up on the news, you can only turn to God. You can only say, God, we need your help. And we are not to look at those things and keep our eyes on those things. We are to pray and we are to turn to God. Only God can move in the governments of this land. Amen. What our responsibility is, is to look upon God, gaze upon God, fall in love with God. And as God changes our lives, to start reaching people with the gospel. Amen. And if God changes our lives, something's going to happen. Now it says there are times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. <laughs> about, about nine months ago, I had this impression uh, of a prayer. And um, I, I prayed a little prayer. So don't tell Tori in this in case she's watching on the, on the screen. I just prayed a prayer, Lord, just give me another baby, Lord. Just give me another baby, Lord. And I, as I started to pray this prayer, uh, and um, sometimes you go through challenges in life, and you say, I, say, I think a baby's going to be the answer. Now, we know that's not true, but I think a baby's going to be the answer. And as I started to pray, I got from the flesh, from that fleshly prayer into the spirit. And as I began to pray, I just had the word kairos, a kairos time. A Kairos moment. I said, Lord, give us a Kairos moment. Let the baby come at the right time, not at my desires, you know, to fix everything or to progress everything and make us happy for a season, but let a baby come forth at the right time. You know, the word Kairos is different to the word Kronos. The word Kronos is the word actual time, so the time there that's going to be finished in 18 minutes, this message is lying to me. But you know, that time is chronological time. But Kairos time is the timing of God, so maybe I'll go on beyond to five past in Jesus' name. Amen. But the timing of God, it's the time and the season of God. So it doesn't happen like a clock. We're not refreshing ourselves like a clock. We go through seasons of refreshing and times of refreshing. And now is the season of refreshing. So if you are tired, uh, you've been going through the motions, and you just in, in, sometimes you're ready to quit and just say, God, I've had enough. I, I just want to go on a holiday to Barbados for about three months. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about times of refreshing, I do think about Barbados, because I was there for only one week. And uh, as I went on the veranda, uh, on the beach, I could see this blue, clear water. I mean, we had uh, all-you-can-eat, that all-inclusive deal. This one wasn't the all-inclusive deal. You get a Tenerife, where you get some bad food, that kind of thing. This was all-inclusive, posh, six-star kind of food. And I remember putting on about two stone of weight, because I had too many milkshakes at the time. And so when you go out and you see this blue, cool water, that's a time of refreshing. That's a time of laying back. And that's exactly what God wants to do in our lives. And so it's not a sense of, you know, having to do something. Oh, I just have to be refreshed. I have to read my Bible. I have to. No, just sit back and receive. Amen. Let, the, the, let the, the wind of God and the refreshing of God just come over you. And we're going through this process of turning to God and allowing God to change us in a, in a powerful way. And so this word refreshing in the, in, in the Greek is the word anasuko. 
and it actually means here completing process. Completing process. So he who's started a good work in you will complete it. Philippians 1 verse 5. So God's into starting things and he's into completing things just in case you thought he'd finish with you. Just in case you thought he was going to leave you dry and just forget about you. He's the God who remembers. Now he's the God who called Noah. He put him in a boat. He put the rain down and he kept him in that boat for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, but the Bible says that God remembered Noah in that situation. So God called him, put him in the boat, and maybe Noah did think that God had forgotten him. But it says in the scriptures in Genesis 8 verse 1 that God remembered him. Amen. And if God remembered Noah, he's going to remember you. Amen. He's going to remember you. He's going to refresh you. And then it means the word cool blowing. Cool blowing. Now, in, in our house, um, Torian likes the heat. I like the cold. And so I can't sleep at night if the heating's on. The heating's on and I'm sweating there and I open the window and then suddenly she'll close the window. Or she, I'll open the window, she'll close the window. Uh, and I can only sleep if there's a cool breeze. And so sometimes I go into the other room and I open that window and I let that cool breeze just come in. And as that cool breeze comes in, I, I feel relaxed. I, I feel I'm chilling out. And suddenly as I'm chilling out in that cool breeze of, of the natural wind, is flowing over my head, then suddenly I just, I just nod off and I sleep. You know, that's, a, that's refreshing. The cool breeze of God. The cool breeze of God. And I remember being in Romania and I was in a youth meeting and I don't know if you've ever been in a meeting that's kind of not really going anywhere. I mean, you don't even know who the leader is. You don't even know where the start is and where the finish is. And so you don't know what's happening. And God likes a little bit of structure. I think God likes a little bit of focus. Maybe not too much that you take over, but he likes a little bit of focus. So we come together, let's focus on this, and let's go, and let's move somewhere. And I wasn't really going anywhere, so I took charge of the meeting, thinking, God, have mercy. And there was only three young people turned up in that meeting. And I remember thinking, God, is anything going to happen in this meeting? It's like that statement, is anything going to happen good come out of Nazareth? Anything good going to come out of this meeting? And then suddenly... One of the guys who was really frustrated doing the bricklaying of the day, I mean, he thought he was going to go uh, to Romania, lay hands on the sick, pull people out of wheelchairs, lay hands on the blind, and they were going to see. He was going to give the altar call. Everyone was going to come forward, and they were going to repent, and that's what God was going to do. But he found himself bricklaying. Bricklaying and painting, and he was exhausted throughout the day. And um, I said, oh, let's just pray for you guys, those of you who are exhausted and I just said, lift your hands. And as I prayed for him, I, the Lord gave me this word. You know what? I said, listen, as you've been faithful in natural things, as you've been painting with the natural bucket, I believe that God's going to lift up that bucket and he's going to pour over you. So you've been faithful with the paint bucket. Now God's going to pour over you the anointing of his presence. And when I said that, the anointing just hit him like that, like something hit the back of my head, hit him and he fell on the floor. And as he fell on the floor, then people start to receive the Holy Spirit. And then these three young people, they also fell under the Holy Spirit. And a refreshing of God just came into that room. And suddenly, this dry meeting where nothing was happening. It seemed like even God didn't turn up. We were still waiting for him. And nothing was happening. And then God just breathed in. That cool blowing of God coming into the place and refreshing and renewing people's lives. Out of that meeting, the, one of the young guys had said, he said, um, I said, can we visit one of you? 
Can we visit one of you? He said, oh yeah, you can come around and visit my dad. And uh, we didn't know anything about his dad. And so we went to visit him the next day. And as the guys begin to preach at his dad, his dad started to open up. And he'd lost his wife many years ago. He'd been looking after the family. And it had been difficult, difficult. And he hadn't given his life over to the Lord as yet. And he started crying to God, God, you need to do something. Now I want you to send somebody around my house. I want you to send somebody to, to tell me the gospel. I, I want my life to be changed. And he's crying out to God. But he said, don't send anybody from, from Medjidio around Romania. I want someone to come out somewhere else. And then the next day we showed up at his house preaching the gospel, and he knelt down, and he began to weep, and that's how he began to show us and tell us what was happening in his heart. That's what the cool blow of the Holy Spirit will do. It will breathe life into your sails. Now, it's the picture of reviving. When you're totally flat out tired, and the Bible says that God created Adam, and he was just, just a corpse, created him just there flat out. Oh, I think I'll pretend to be just lying down. And it says he created him. And as he created him, he had to do one thing. He says he breathed life into him. He breathed life into him. And the Bible says he got up and became a living being. A living being. That's revival right there. Revival is God breathing life back into you. That's the word refreshing. The cool blowing of the Holy Spirit reviving with fresh air. Now, if my kids were in this place today... And I was selling these balloons. And I was saying, do you want to buy these balloons? You know what? I don't even know if my kids will see them. They might start fighting and doing this kind of stuff. You know, and be, oh, give me this, give me this. But they wouldn't know what to do. But how many people know that a balloon is a little bit more attractive when it's got air in it? It's a little bit more attractive to kids when it's got air in it. <laughs> well, hopefully it's not going to pop. Now... I believe that before revival is happening, there's many flat Christians around. Many flat Christians around, including me, amen. Without God, we're just flat, we're unattractive. And kids don't even notice us. But we've got to get the air back in our lives, amen. We've got to get the air of the Holy Spirit because now you're looking at this balloon and you're thinking, my God, is that going to take off? Now if it had healing in, healing in, it would go right to the top of the roof. And so we need to get some air back in our lives. We need to get revival and get refreshed back in our lives. That's the word anasuko. And Jono, this is a special present for you, mate. Uh, hasn't Jono been blessing us with, he's been blessing us with their uh, refreshing. Let's, let's give him a hand. Amen. He's been blessing us with his worship. So God wants to, to, to breathe back in. He wants to breathe this cool breeze of the Holy Spirit. Now, another uh, reference here, it means to bring much needed welcome relief. Much needed relief. Now, I know that when you go out and you do physical exercise. Now, when I used to do physical exercise, when I was about 15, I didn't used to ache at all. I didn't even know what aching was. In fact, the next day I'll do more exercise. And I'll do more exercise and do more exercise. But how many people know when you haven't done exercise for a while, no matter what age you are, especially if you're over 18, you will ache the next day because of the lactic acid building up. And so what I like to do is... I don't know if you're a bath or a shower person, but I'm a bath person. And so I go out and play football, and I would be completely dirty, and I'll just soak there in the bath. And we've got these terminology in the Christian circles about soaking. And so I'm a soaker, amen. I like to just to soak in the bath. And sometimes, you know what? Much needed relief. You put those salts in. Ladies, do you know about that? 
you put those salts in, I don't know what they're called, but they're supposed to give some welcome relief to your body. And they, they smell a little bit. They, you know, they make you feel good. Not, obviously not too high in the natural, but you, they make you feel relaxed. And this is what it means to refresh. God wants to make you feel relaxed. He, he wants to bring you much welcome relief. If you're in pain in your physical body, he wants to heal you. That's what the word refreshing is. So when you go through the process of repentance, which means to change, and that God transforms you, and you're saying, God changed me. You see, the change here is, is God changing you. And your responsibility here is, if you could change yourself, you would change yourself, would you not? If you could change yourself, you would just transform into an eagle and fly out of here right now. But it's God who does the changing. What's your job then? Your job is to let him in. Your job is to let him in. Your job is to seek him. Your job is to be determined to seek him and say, God, change me. God, change me. Love upon me. Get into those areas that need transformation. And your job is, if you put it in that context, is to turn to God. Claudette read it this morning. He says, when you humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways or your sinful ways or the ways that you're following that you think will fulfill you, but in fact they don't fulfill you. In the end, they don't give you peace and they don't give you joy. Uh, when you go through that process of humbling and seeking God and asking God to forgive you and turning away from your wicked ways, God says, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive your sin and bring you much needed relief. Heal your land. So it's, it's getting healing into those areas of your life that need healing. And so if you need healing in your physical body, how do you do it? Go over the scriptures of healing. Start meditating on the scriptures of healing. Now, I don't know if you like Creflo Dollar, but I Googled him on uh, YouTube, I can put it that way, and I was trying to find out healing scriptures when I was ill the other day, I think in January, and I flew, and I was just listening to his healing scriptures going over and over and over and over again. And I found that those were the best ones on YouTube. So you can find your own if you want. But if you need much re needed relief, get the Word of God deep down in your heart. Keep listening to it repetitively. Meditate on it so it gets deep down in your spirit. Amen. Another definition here, causing someone to recover to a state of cheerfulness. Causing someone to recover to a, to a state of cheerfulness. I want you to turn over to Psalms chapter, I think it's here, Psalms chapter 30. It says, but his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Causing you to get your joy back. Causing you to get your joy in your relationship with God back. There's a scripture that says, I used to go with the people to the house of God. I used to go with the voice of joy and praise. But now I simply can't be bothered. Now I just go through the motions. I remember waking up and I said this last week and this phrase just came to me. You need to find a new way of working. Meaning what you're doing right now simply isn't working and you need a new way of working. You need to do something new. And as I started to think about this, a lady called me in the afternoon and she started just saying to me, listen, God is bringing something new and there's going to be a new way of working. And as she kept saying this phrase, I, think, I thought to myself, I remember hearing that somewhere. And then I realized when I put the phone down, I put the phone down and I thought, that's exactly the phrase that God told me this morning. You need to find a new way of working. For that which is, you're doing right now is simply not working. And what it means is God 
is going to bring us to a state of cheerfulness because there's going to be a breakthrough as we start doing the new things. Because if we start doing the old things and going through the motions, we know that that's not working right now. And so turning to God is about, you know, in a sense, reversing and say, you know what, what we're doing is not working, Lord God. So which way do you want us to go? Is it this way? Is it that way? And God's going to bring that state of joy back into our lives because when you, when you start trusting other things, when you start trusting your circumstances, when you start trusting other people, that's when your joy can disappear. And it's all about there in Philippians. If you study the book of Philippians, it's all about Paul. He's been in prison. But it means he's in prison, but it's amazing how he's got so much joy. And he uses the word rejoicing. And he's thinking about the church, and he's passionate about the church. And you you have to ask the question, how is it possible for someone like Paul to be in prison, but yet he's got all this joy? He's bubbling up. He's thinking about the church. He's excited. And he even says, you know what? The fact that I'm in prison, people are preaching the gospel. People are getting out there. He even says, people have false motives. I'm a little annoyed about them. But you know what? I rejoice. Whether they have false motives or true motives, I'm not bothered. At least Christ is glorified. At least the gospel is being preached. And in that, he's still excited, even though he's going through a difficult time. So circumstances don't have a hold on him. Situations don't have a hold on him. People don't have a hold on him. He's completely free. That means his joy is not dependent on what happens to him. His joy is in his relationship with God. And I want to encourage you today, if you're going to be refreshed, you have to get to the point where you understand that your refreshing is in your relationship with the Lord. It is not just about coming to church and lifting your hand. It's in your relationship with the Lord. And then the last one here is encouragement after a time of anxiety and trouble. Encouragement after a time of anxiety and trouble. We all need encouragement. We all need encouragers. And I remember God speaking to me as I conclude today. And if the band can come back. I remember God speaking to me. Encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. Just encourage people. Now, I haven't 100% you know, obeyed that, but I'm trying. And I'm getting there. To try and see the good in people. To try and encourage people. And we all want to be around people who encourage us. And I remember spending the day in Berlin last year in June, in June time. And I was around a friend, the guy who led me to Christ. And as I spent time with him, conversing with him, we walked through Berlin, we stopped at some coffee shops, we spent some time together, and as we just simply talked, he just started to bless me with what God was doing in his life. And I reciprocated by just basically telling him what God was doing in my life. And I tell you, when I left that conversation, I felt refreshed. I felt refreshed. Now, did he lay hands on me? Did I fall into the power of the Spirit? Did I speak in tongues? Did I see a vision? No, none of that. All I was doing was having a cup of coffee, some scrambled eggs on toast, and we would begin to eat and just fellowship and talk about the things in the past, the things in the present, and the things in the future. What he did was he simply refreshed me by who he was in the Lord. He simply refreshed me by who he was in the Lord. And this is what it means to refresh, to bring encouragement, to bring that sense of being positive again, deep down in our lives, that we get our bounce back, we get our jump back, and we get our leap back because we've gone through that process.